Visual Novel Book Club. I'm your pal Sloby. With me, of course, my good friend Oren Ronan. Hi. My good friend Jim. Hey, everybody. My good friend Turbo C. Hello. Stumbled over your name a little. Uh, and uh, my good friend uh, Devious Vacuum. Hello. Hello. Well, this is it's this is it episode ten, which I thought was eleven, but whatever. I guess I'm wrong uh, always, but. Um, what what what's going on? What happened? What, how is how are we doing in in uh, quest to the past? Therapy quest. Um, re- redeem redeem all the villains. Therapy quest nine ninety nine. I think is <laughs> where we are. <laughs> <laughs> when we last left our heroes, um, Michelle. Oh, he was about to go to sleep, and and he said goodnight to Giselle, and Giselle was like, oh, I don't know. Um, which made it sound like he was, she was gonna go away. She was, she was, like, losing power somehow. And, uh, the title card appears one day until her death. And, um, when Michelle wakes up, he is tied up in the cellar, and Giselle's voice is gone. Oh no, who could have tied him up? Who could it possibly have been? Nelly. <laughs> so this is this is like way overkill. Yukimasa comes in to interrogate Michelle about like why do you, you know why do you know stuff about Morgana, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, basically, he breaks Michelle's whole hand, and he also like cuts his arm or something. Mm-hmm. He breaks his whole hand one one finger at a time. I don't think he cuts his arm. Does he? Does he do something to his arm? I don't think so. I think he, no. Yeah, he does cut it. He does. I don't think so. Well, he starts trying to cut it off. I think it, break, it breaks the fingers. This is exactly what he did to the guy in the ship in the second chapter. Um, I think the arm, Michelle's arm, doesn't work because of his ties to Morgana or something. I think that's what's going on over there. I thought the, no, he's definitely bleeding. Yeah, like Mel has to like fix him up. Spoilers for. Well, you're supposed to have read this anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, how I summarize this in my notes is, Yukimasa breaks Michelle's whole hand, but also believes him. Because that's what fucking <laughs> happens! He's, like, still hurting him really badly. He's breaking his fingers, and Michelle's like, I know- It's exactly what he did in the second chapter. Yeah, I know about the future, like- I, you know, I, th- th- I know this stuff about you. He, like, knows that uh, Yukimasa refers to people as, like, tethers and, um, you know, all his, like, innermost thoughts. And, like, it- he's like, no, you're wrong, you're wrong, that's not me. And he, like, break- keeps breaking his hand and then he finally is like, yes, you do know me exactly. That's, how do you know that? How do you know my innermost thoughts? And, uh, and then he finally stops and then he, um, stops. You must be a demon. Sorry, yeah. And then Pauline bursts in. Um, yeah, Michelle still keeps up the, the uh, well, I guess the truth, but the story of being from the future, um, because everyone's totally going to buy that. But no, Yukimasa's just like, that's absurd. You're a demon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Pauline and Mel rush in, and uh, then, you know, Yukimasa stops doing everything, and uh, Pauline is like, I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> <laughs> you should set Morgana free, and um, 
And she basically, like, they finally talk to each other. And she says, then she says, like, I didn't, you know, you're doing, and he's like, cause he's like, I'm doing this to help you. And she's like, I don't want this help. Like, I don't, I've always wanted to get married and leave the church. I don't, I, you know, this isn't helping me for you to keep this church going. I don't want to, I don't actually want to do this anymore. And, um, and they, so they finally, like, level with each other about what they actually want. And, uh, basically, like, you know, we've seen, fr- we kind of see from um, what Maria already said too that like Pauline n- didn't didn't really want to become a nun. Um, she's just kind of like in that role because that was what she had to do to get by. But she's really sad that she can't fall in love and get married and have a family, and that's what she wanted with Yukimasa. And uh, then, of course, Yukimasa's like, "Okay, I'll kill the Lord and get his key." And Pauline and Michelle are like, "No." <laughs> no more killing. <laughs> She's like, not, just remember, a little killing. Just, just a little bit. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, we're not killing anyone. I thought it was just not good people. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I misunderstood. <laughs> and what it happens? Uh, then Michelle's like, "Tell you have to tell me your your story. That's the whole point. Like, you can't just like um, give me your key. You have to tell me your whole story about how you got here." And he's like, "Well, I'll, I'll tell you later tonight." And, um, so then Michelle goes off to, um... And Pauline can be there. Get, yeah, and, and Pauline can be there. And, um... Isn't that also where Pauline says that, well, Yukimasa basically says that if, if they free Morgana, he's going to get judged and probably put in prison or something. Mm. And Pauline says that and we could live together in the next life. Like in a, oh, yeah. In, in a city near the sea. Yeah, and he and, and he says like you know Michelle knew that he knew about the the wish and he t- and I think he tells them about their second life together. Yeah. And um, and like and he's also like in your next life, Pauline, you have like a mother and a father who love you very much, and you live in a city by the sea. And we'll just gloss over the rest of it. Yeah, don't worry <laughs> about the rest of that. Um, so, um. Yeah, so, yeah, Yukimasa doesn't want to tell his story in front of Pauline because it's too fucked up, um, which is appropriate. Mm. Also because, like, he reveals that he doesn't actually love her. Yeah, yeah, he wants to talk about, like, this whole thing. (laughs) So on his way back, let's see. Oh, and then Michelle, like, says internally to Giselle, like, even though she's not there anymore, like, that he won't stay in this life if he can't, if he can't see her as well. Um. So, so reassuring her that he's not going to just, like, stick around and be incarnated, if that's even an option. Um, and, uh, let's see, then that night, Yukimasa arrives in Michelle's room, and he says that he figured it out, that Michelle is the Archangel Michael from the painting, from the stained glass. And he's, uh, Michelle's like, no. And, and he's like, yeah, you must be, if you're not a demon, then you must be an angel. And I want you to guide me. I want you to tell me what I should do. And he just like, like bows down and is like, I'm going to follow the church of Michelle. <laughs> like, I'm going to listen to what you have to say. Please tell me like how I'm supposed to live my life. I mean, you could do worse. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> But Michelle's like, I, I'm not going to tell you how to live your life, dude. I can give you, like, some advice, I guess. No, I mean, I mean, look, this, this is a world where church is like, let's drink a kid's blood. 
and uh, it'll cure you, and this nun will get the credit for it. So yeah, I, yeah. I think Church of Michelle is totally like one up in that Much one. Much better, no child murder, right? Or torture, yeah. right? So Yukimas is like, should I tell Pauline that I don't love her because I'm not capable of love? Probably no, right? And Michelle's like, probably no. <laughs> <laughs> Also, this is so funny because, like, I mean, like, we all love Michelle, but this is, like, the blind leading the blind. Like, you know, this is... <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. He's he's done a, he's a lot better. He's a lot better than he was because he's had to actually think about this and, like, see, you know, use his empathy in order to t- communicate with these other characters. It's a group therapy session. It really is. This whole game is therapy. So, Yukimasa's story... Five years ago, he worked as a slave on the Silk Road. Um, he also mm. maybe lost his memory of earlier than that. Because he had the same experience of, like, losing his memory. And then also remembering that, he, like, getting a sword and then remembering that he knows how to use a sword. Like, that whole thing happened. Those those same elements are repeated in this life. Um, he ends up in the slave... So... Then we, we see the, the slave caravan scene with Morgana uh, from his perspective, and he, he recalls that when he first heard her voice that is so clear and compelling, he that was his first tether, first like his first like feeling of, of calm. Um, I mean, even before that, he talks about how the other even the other slaves were cruel to him because of the way he looked, because he was Asian. Oh, yeah, I didn't write it down, but yeah, he experienced, like, very similar themes to the second life that we know about from him. Mm -hmm. And, um, so Yukimasa decided because of Morgana's voice that he wanted to get her out of there, and that's what inspired him to kill everyone. (laughs) Well, yeah, as soon as he starts killing, like, it's just the overseer, and then once he just, like, he can't get enough, it's, it's an addiction. Yeah. Yeah, he, he didn't mean to kill the other slaves, just when, once he got a taste of blood, he just couldn't stop himself. He, 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 for, he, he forgot why he even wanted to get out uh, to, to save Morgana. He, he even says that, like, he got, like, a high off it. Like, at least in the English version, he's like, I couldn't... Ma-. He, like, he uses that word, even. Yeah. And he, he, he... When he talks to Morgana again at the end, where she says, like, why'd you kill them? That, like, snaps him back to reality a little bit and then he then he's like i don't know and then leaves because like that's honestly what he experienced <laughs> like he just like went crazy and then but then when he heard her voice it like s- snapped him back out of his like crazy murder spree mm. and that's that's it there's no further explanation to that situation that's all of it <laughs> and after that he became a bandit uh he was a bandit for a while, and he was doing okay, but then he got sick, and he needed to go to the doctor, and uh, on his way to the doctor, he collapsed on the side of the road, and uh, all these people walked by because, uh, well, he was a bandit, and um, <laughs> so they weren't helping him. They were just letting him die on the on the side of the road, and uh, Pauline, being a nun, uh, saw him and stopped to help and took him to the church, and... Um, in the church, Yukimasa says, she asks him what his name is, and he says he doesn't have a name. 
And so he says, could you, why don't you choose my name? And she says, and she says, Yukimasa. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. How did you know? But she, uh, she says, well, you should be the one to choose your own name. And, uh, he, nobody ever remembers his name. Nobody does. If you're waiting for Michelle and or Giselle to fucking remember his name's Yukimasa, that doesn't happen. No, he's always referenced as swordsman. But my favorite part, part was, uh, she, she even used the words, uh, I think you should pick the name that suits you best. And I was expecting him to be like, best. <laughs> Bestia. Murder kill boy. 5,000. The strongest swordsman X. Sorry. <laughs> ah, Longshoreman X, of course. Right, yes. Thank, <laughs> thank you for the brand. <laughs> <laughs> According to the developers, they say that Yukimasa is probably not not a Japanese man in this chapter, but probably from China. Mm. So he probably wasn't named Yukimasa in the beginning. <laughs> mm. So let's see. Um, so after the after initially staying there and, and getting better, uh, Yukimasa continues to come back and visit Pauline uh, because she's his tether. And this isn't a mention yet. It's just. Uh, Pauline's previous church, mm-hmm. where she worked before, because they mentioned even mm-hmm. the church yet at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, during, let's see. Oh, and then there's even like Pauline talks about like, oh, it must be like hard because everyone's racist against you, and she's like, I wish I could know some of your struggle, and she basically like wishes to be half Japanese in her next life. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate weeb fantasy. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's just, that's just, we don't need to get that specific, you know, but like, we are, we're getting specific. Fata Morgana does not leave any loose ends. (laughs) Oh, man. So, fine, except whatever the fuck happened to Georges in the painting, um, but maybe we'll get to that before the end of the game. Um, but we don't get to it here, just so you know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, let's see, so Yukimasa confesses, he confesses his love to Pauline. Because she she's in love with him, and um, he says he loves her, and she's like, oh, "I love you too. I wish we could run away, and I didn't have to be a nun." And um, he asks her what being in love feels like for her, and she thinks that like he's teasing her, but obviously he really wants to understand. And from her description, he deduces that she is referring to physical arousal, which he does not feel. Um, again, we're like. This is the past. There's a lot of there's a lot of subtlety here that, that these characters would not historically even have a concept around. So I don't know. You can kind of like have that land where you think it lands. Yeah, he's, he's it's weird though because he's like, no, I don't love her. I just want to see her smile, and I'm just like, that's love, bro. You don't want to have sex. That's different. But you know, I mean. Well, you know, I mean, they, uh, and I don't know if this is getting too far ahead, but they kind of go into his personality and things like he feels and doesn't feel, which is kind of how I was reading this to as a clue to, you know, mm-hmm. like he doesn't have like empathy with other people per se. So love's kind of like a completely alien thing to him. Yeah, well, he's a psychopath. That's the definition of psychopathy. Yeah, exactly. So like, that's, that's what I thought they were kind of getting at here with like, He's not really, he doesn't feel like he's, like, necessarily capable of that, you know, so. Yeah, but he does, sac- like, he does, like, 
he's like self-sacrificing on her behalf, right? Like he's willing yeah. to put himself on. So maybe that, maybe saying it very bluntly like that was also just to like reinforce to to us, like this guy is a psychopath. Like we're not we're not trying to be ambiguous about this, right? Yeah, and and this is not uncommon psychopaths do have relationships and do carry on them and convince other people you know to keep them happy that they are also experiencing the same things even when they're not <clears throat> so and 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 he does like he does care about Pauline to the extent that he wants her to be happy and he like what he, he he like the effect that she has on him he enjoys that yeah what what word do they use in English for like an, an anchor or something like that? Tether. Tether, yeah. Tether okay. Ah, uh, yeah, I didn't read this. I didn't see this, this part in English. Um, anchor would have been better for the boat theme of his chapter, but okay. <laughs> he's, he's basically looking for people. He doesn't want to be a psychopath. He, he, want to, he wants to understand how other people like live and feel, and he's looking for people who help him do that. And Pauline is one, and... The white-haired girl in the second chapter was one, and Morgana is one when he speaks. Um, mm. And that's why he's attracted to her, not because I think it, he, he like follows any of our definition of what love is. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially a selfish thing. I was thinking maybe it was even just the closest he can ever get to it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I'm empathizing with Yukimasa is what I'm saying, okay? Yeah, his his position is not completely inconceivable. Right. But also, he's also the, the hardest person to understand based on his character. I mean, like, it, it yeah. is difficult to... Like, we are also probably, you know, sort of pushing our values on someone who can't... Who just doesn't function around people the way the way that we do. So it's tough to, you know... It's tough to... You, you want to invent something for... You're like, oh, but there's something good inside him when maybe there isn't. Maybe it's just all transactional. But at least it's transactional right. in a good sense for the world, you know, in yeah. sort of society if he is able to stop killing people and yeah. be peaceful with someone. Yeah, being around these people lets him function in society. I mean, I, I feel like it, it kind of goes with the, the same, like, sort of thing with Mel and his sister and how she felt about him, where it's like these things you don't dare talk about, but, you know, it, like, is his, like, this is like like the hard difficulty level of that almost, you know. Yeah. And I think it's also hard because um unlike Mel's thing, um Mel and Nellie's uh weird like incest situation, um it, it, currently we don't we don't have like an answer in psychology for for psychopathy, right? Like there's no like ah yes, of course. This is how it always is dealt with. Uh and so there's no like we don't we don't know like we can you know look stuff up but there's no like definitive answer of like this is how it works that's just like readily available for in the common understanding versus something like i versus something like i have romantic feelings toward my brother and you like well maybe talk that out <laughs> like <laughs> that's, a, that's the perfect cure for incest night here's what you do you, you take a couple ghosts right you put him in a mansion. Yeah. All right, boom. Shake it up. Ten thousand years later, boom. Mm-hmm. There sure. you go. We got no incest. <laughs> <laughs> Psychopathy. We still got nothing for it, but at yeah. least incest, we got something. It only takes ten thousand right, years. So, right. um, but anyway, so Yukimasa wants to raise money for the church to help Pauline, um, and he is summoned by the Lord, 
And the Lord, uh, Jacopo, knows Yukimasa's whole deal. He, like, knows he's a murderer. He knows, like, he knows his whole story. He looked up his whole story. Um, and he's like, you know, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna help me. Um, this is my, you know, to, to execute this whole plan where he's gonna, like, turn the mansion into this new church and, you know, Morgana's gonna be there, etc., etc. Um, so then we go to the scene where Yukimasa arrives at the cottage to get Morgana. And when he does, he recognizes her voice, and that's why he doesn't break down the door and just take her at that time. Um, I think this part is also important because it does show that, like, Yukimasa still, like, he made a choice, right? Like, he could have, and I think he even says, like, I could have walked away at that point and just been, like, and just, like, fucked off, right? To, like, go be abandoned mm. somewhere else and, like, left Jacopo hanging. Yeah. But he doesn't. And, uh,. Then, oh, there's also, um, he, the next thing I wrote, uh, let's see. Oh, no, so they, then, and then they, they go in and they, um, take her. I don't think it goes into the details of, like, why he cut off her arm. <laughs> I guess maybe what he said was just the truth that, like, so he, because he had, like, kind of stalked her after he sat by the house and saw her walking around, um, with, uh, with Mel, but when they go in, yeah, they don't go into it, but I guess it was just he thought that was payment, like cutting off her arm. Yeah, I think it genuinely thought he was he was helping Mel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because if he doesn't see people as people, right? Like he sees them if, as objects, right? Like that's the whole thing. So yeah. I mean, yeah, he was genuinely confused why Mel would throw it in the in the lake. Yeah. I thought maybe there is a little bit of like, and also this is probably, I'm going to enjoy this a little bit too, you know, but maybe I, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Is that the thing? Like you, you sort of like, like objectify people in that way, I guess too, or that I've heard it described that way in terms of like, when you read about like stuff, like how do like sociopaths and psychopaths like view other people? Like what are people mm-hmm. to them? I've heard it described as that people are more like objects. And so there's no differentiation between, like, a person being hurt and, like, a chair being broken. I see. <sighs> but, uh, so... By the way, Visual Novel Book Club will double for actual psychology, just so you know. We all, we're all experts. I looked it up and there just, like, wasn't as much information as I thought there would be, like, just trying to look at, like, cursory, like, intro information into psychopathy and, like, treatments for psychopathy. I do too, and I'm absolutely not throwing shade at you. By the way, it's more like I felt. I always feel weird talking about stuff like this because, like, I feel like I'm not really an armchair psychologist or anything like that. So I always feel bad. And like, someone listening to this could have that diagnosis and like really be living that life, and I have no idea yeah. what their experience is. Like, not at all. He'll be like, nailed it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Shout outs. Shout outs to anyone out there fighting the good fight, listening to this. Shout- Shout out to Penelope. We know. Oh my <laughs> god! Um, what? What was wrong with what was wrong with the uh, random name Penelope? Shot in the dark. <laughs> I was gonna... The real Penelope listeners like what? That's me? No. No. But, no I was you? just a random name. It's not you, Penelope. Penelope is. It's the other one. All right, moving on. Uh, Pauline gets sent to the new church, um, and she, even though she, you know, doesn't really want to do this. She keeps telling Yukimasa that this is what she wants the most, and uh, and so he, you know, takes her at her word, and uh, so he's like, "This is the right thing to do." 
So the I, I think it's it's good that the communication is bad in both directions. Like the same with like Mel and Nelly, like the communication is bad in both directions. It's not just you know that that he wasn't listening to her. It's that she was telling him stuff and like waiting for him to pick up on sub subtext that he was not never going to pick up on. And um, he also mentions that so you know Morgana's brought to the mansion and he said that over time her voice diminished and it didn't have the same effect on him anymore and uh back in the then the, we're out of the story within a story and yukimasa yeah, we also he also says that the lord insisted that they bring mel in because oh, that, yeah. that was a way to keep an eye on him because he couldn't let anyone who knew the truth like just be out there yeah yeah because i think so if you you criticized that before yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. And uh, Jacopo actually brings it up. He's like... Uh, yeah, the actual reason was, was, con- was completely different when you, when you learn what Jacopo's reason was later. Yeah. But. Yeah. That he's going to... like. I think Jacopo... I, I, I don't know if it's a true impression, but it, I mean, it makes sense, I think, when Jacopo's like, I don't think... I think he's going he's gonna to go notice. You know what I mean? His, his disappearance. Oh, yeah. That if Mel died because he was noble, he thought that somebody would care that, he, that Mel died. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how true that actually is, but I can certainly buy that Jacobo would believe it, you know? Yeah. Uh, J- Jacobo's actual reason is completely different, right? He talks about it later. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Doesn't even matter, this other thing. He's just, he was just bullshitting at the time. Uh, so, so the story ends, and Yukimasa's like, you can kill me if you want, I deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Michelle's like, give me a fucking minute. <laughs> And uh, he asks Michelle to tell him the story of the second door, uh, which he does. And uh, Michelle is like, dude, I really thought up till now we should all be true to ourselves, but uh, not you, buddy. Why don't you just keep that, in- <laughs> keep that inside? Don't talk about that with Pauline. Don't talk about that with anyone. Never talk about it. Try to force yourself to exist in society. Keep it buried down forever. Yeah, keep it buried in there. And Yukimasa's like, okay, I will. And that's their good talk. Yeah. And like, even when, when uh, Michelle gets done telling Yukimasa, Yukimasa's like, yeah, that is really bad. That's even worse than I expected. <laughs> yeah. I'm a psychopath, and even I understand how bad that story is. <laughs> oh, God. And, um,. So Yukimasa says, "I'll get I'll get the Lord to have supper with with you and Mel tonight, we'll, and we'll finally we'll corner him about it." And uh, Michelle's like, "Okay." And uh, Yukimasa leaves, and the next person that Michelle has to talk to is Maria, who promised to come back and uh, tell us about how she knew Morgana. And obviously, his arm is hurting him. Um, I, I don't, it, it seems, after the arm injuries, I, I really felt like I don't think Michelle is gonna make it past these three days. Like, even, there is mm. no, cause the, Giselle was like, oh, if you keep living, you know, but I, at, after he got his hand broken, I feel like continuing to live after this is not on the table anymore. Yeah. Yeah. He is in so much pain that he has like a pain vision. And it's a vision of Morgana's mom uh, telling her to sell her miracles from Morgana's perspective. 
so she's like six years old. And, uh, you know, it's her sort of, Morgana has, you know, definitely like, she has her way of, of speaking that is very holier than thou, obviously, like this sort of saint voice that she uses where she's like, God's teachings are this. Um, but, you know, Morgana's mom, you know, she's like, well, you're hurting yourself and like, you know, you should let, let those people, you know, give you money so that you aren't hurt. You know, so you can get get some, you know, get treatment or something, and uh, mm-hmm. and be comfortable. And and she's like, no, no. And the thing that I don't understand with this is like the, that the next step, literally the next day, is to sell her rather than just because she's six years old. Uh, take money anyway. <laughs> I. Hmm. Like, who's managing Morgana the Saint, right? Like, she's not doing it herself. <laughs> so you're her mom. When people come in, be like, we ask for a small donation. Yeah, worst stage mom ever. Yeah. What? I, I mean, <laughs> toddlers in tiaras, this is not. Nope. <laughs> it's like, you, know, you want to sell their blood? No. Well, I tried. Nothing else Literally, to be done. Literally, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do nothing with Honey Boo Boo. Anybody else want to take her off my hands? Go ahead and start your own TV show. I can't do it. It I don't know. I also find it hard to believe that people weren't already trying to give them things. You know? like. And again, Mm. Morgana could say, no, don't give us anything. But she's six years old. Who listens to six-year-olds? No one. They listen to the mom. Yep. It's just wild. Anyway, whatever. So then the most horrible thing happens, of course, um, when she is, you know, she's being hauled off and she sees her mom and she's like, why? Why'd you do this? And her mom mouths at her because you're worthless to me. I don't know why this woman is not in this mansion being cursed. Yeah, Yeah. seriously. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, even Yuki Masa was probably like, oof, that's that's horrible. <laughs> yeah, I guess she can't bring herself to curse her mom. I feel like it's the opposite. I feel like when it comes to, like, hating someone so much, like, and being so emotionally overwrought, that, like, family, like Michelle and his family, right? Like, family ha- hurts so much more that it would just make that ha- make that hatred. I don't know, but... I've, I was watching a documentary, which I won't go into the details too, but it was that a really horrible person who was like the father of a bunch of children and stuff. And like, there were a lot of things that weren't consistent with, with that. I would have thought that too, but it was weird. Like when he was in the hospital, they go to visit him and at his funeral, like a couple of people like actually like mocked him. This is how bad the guy was. And then, but other like people in the family defended him. Cause it's like these bonds you have, sometimes people can't like look past that. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, even if someone's really horrible and there's sometimes like people, if they're like, feel that like, well, that's, that's, that's my dad, you know, or that's my mom or whatever. And I just can't like bring myself to like, look at them the way I should be, like even justly, you know? And up until that moment, Morgana, from Morgana's perspective, her mother was only ever kind to her and showered her with love. Like Morgana being so young had no perception that any of it was disingenuous. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's another good point. And a lot of it's internal projecting of what you need. Like, the idea of mother and father to someone can be extremely significant in defining themselves. Whether or not those needs or those projections are are what the actual person is, 
just needing to have that, you know, one person you can trust or two people you can trust to care for you, that sort of, you know, societal instinct that's that's imposed makes you want to think that there could be something redeemable or make you want to not condemn the person, you know, who should have been there for you and maybe could at some point in your head, you know, you, you're always going to, it's tough to let go of that. Right. As someone who has a lot of family drama, I could easily condemn them for eternity much more than <laughs> other people. I, same. <laughs> like my old no, boss same. or whatever. Same, absolutely. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They were different. They were different type back then. Um, <laughs> but anyway. Um, so while she's being... Before it becomes therapy, the podcast. No, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> so, while, so Morgana's being hauled off. She's in the carriage. She prays to God for help. She's like, you know, this test is too great. I can't do this. I can't do this. And um, that's the end of the dream that Michelle has. The, and... Don't we see a first meeting with the Lord here, too? Uh, or is that later? Because there is one scene where she... Oh, yeah, maybe it ends with the Lord being... Yeah, it ends with him being like, you're, you can do whatever... You're going to do whatever I want. Because, yeah, because the Lord... this That Lord in the past is not Jacques Beau, so. Yeah, and, and I didn't notice it at mm-hmm. the time, but we, we don't see the Lord in that scene. We don't see a sprite. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's very, like, deliberate. I went back and, and looked at it after we learned the truth later. Yeah, but I think we've also like seen that exchange when we originally heard the story as well, where he's like, she like tells him like, you know, this is not this is not holy, and he's like, I don't care about that. We're gonna have a blood party and ties her <laughs> up and cuts her. You know how much money's in that blood? The blood business? Get out of here! That is another thing that just doesn't make any sense. The the old lord again, another character that just got out of this scot free. Um, mm-hmm. got to reincarnate or whatever, and um, but I guess like if he was a character in this, it would just be another Yukimasa. It seems like from the way that the other characters describe the Lord, the First Lord. So I know he's a character in the sequel. Wow, the, the sequel is mostly about Jacopo, about dead, like an expansion on Jacopo's story. Wow, everybody who's played all of these games was probably losing their minds when we were like, Shakabo's the worst character, fuck him! (laughs) (laughs) The, um, it's weird though, because I guess, I get, the, this is all, like, the the whole curse is subject to Morgana's interpretation of events, so I think that's probably, that would explain why the Lord isn't sticking around, because we'll find out more later on on whether or not she's correct in her interpretation. Hmm. Okay, so, yeah, so then that's, like, the segue, the scene with the Lord, is, like, Michelle, like, waking up and being, like, I can't figure out any new information about the Lord, for, you know, like, what what information am I going to use that's going to make, make this make sense um, as to how I can get through to him? Uh, how could this person who, like, tied her up and cut her be, you know, how, how am I supposed to get through this guy? And um, he's, so Michelle goes to meet Maria, and he's, like, I mean, she sees him and she's like, you look really fucked up because he got tortured and lost a lot of blood and he, like, looks, you know, he's he's in a rough way. And he's like, no, like, you don't understand. I'm not, this, there is no, like, this is, it's only till this time I can't, like, take a break or anything. Yeah, she's just, she's like, can't we talk tomorrow and you just get some resin? No. You don't. (laughs) And, um, and in doing this, he basically, like, explains the situation to her in full. 
and he's like, you know, I, I'm not just doing this to save myself. Like, I genuinely want to help Morgana. I, you know, he, he realized, he, he, like, really, I guess, realizes it himself that he's, like, not just trying to, like, solve a puzzle or whatever. He wants to help Morgana. And, uh, and so Maria opens up and, and t- talks more uh, about that time. She's, she says she's happy that Morgana's time at the brothel was happy. Um, she, as she goes on, Maria's sort of uncomfortable and it's becomes clear that she was, like, not very nice to Morgana. She was, or she was not the nicest person to Morgana. And that she kind of, like, gave her her space because she had her walls up. I feel like the biggest reveal of seeing other characters' perspectives on Morgana is, like, how much of, like, a closed-off kind of jerk she is. Because <laughs> um, she, like, never described herself that way and, like... It's just funny to think about that. And it's like, well, no wonder nobody wanted to talk to you. Like, look how you were talking to them. <laughs> yeah. And um, let's see. Um, Michelle asks Maria if she wants to be there when Morgana is set free, when she's brought down from the tower. And Maria says no. Uh, she, she feels bad that she was mean to Morgana. She doesn't feel like Morgana would be happy to see her. Um, but she does have a necklace, and she knows about the the slave boy that uh, saved Morgana and kept com- coming to visit her uh, at the brothel. And um, she still has an a, she has a necklace from that slave who, uh, slave boy that he was going to give her for her birthday, but he never got to give it to her, and uh, she gives that to. Michelle and says that Michelle should give that to Morgana. Um, I also think that um, Michelle like figures out this this twist like before I did. Like, <laughs> like yeah, it's totally yeah, no, same. Michelle's like, I have a suspicion that the Lord isn't who he thinks he isn't who he says he is, and it's like, where, what? Doesn't because Pauline says that the Lord changed like four years ago. Well, that's that- that's the point where, yeah, but he was he there was like stuff before that point that I was like, what? Yeah, I, I thought I thought this this was a moment where he figured it out because yeah. this is this is the moment where he really definitively says it, yeah, where yeah, because Maria had just been saying the slave boy's dead, and then she says the Lord changed four years ago and he's like wait but Morgana was there seven years ago not four I didn't figure it out that's my only uh, contribution to that <laughs> and, and then Michelle thinks to himself like he's like Morgana is the slave actually dead and um, then it cuts to dinner time am I the slave boy I had no idea I mean I, I figured out that like Jack Paul was the slave but I had no idea how he could have gotten to be the lord until no it, it doesn't there's no I don't think you could guess any of this, yeah. this part nah, I don't think so either yeah. this is a lot so at dinner uh, Jacopo's big jerk but Yukimasa and Mel are like nah you should listen to this guy and, <laughs> and he's like who do you think you are like oh you've got to my people have you like he's really suspicious of course how long have you been working against me? It's like, uh, two days. Yeah. I love that so much. <laughs> He's like, how long has it been? Two days. Like, two days? Like, what's the matter with you guys? <laughs> and, yeah, they're like, you you have to give in. Like, they're like, you you need to do this. Like, they're just like, and he's just like trapped, right? And he, so he gets so upset, but he realizes he's trapped. So he's like, I'll give you my key, but I'm, you know, 
fine, take my key, but he doesn't want to tell his story, refuses to tell his story. And, um, Michelle calls him Jackpo, um, and is like, who, you know, who are you really? And, um, Jacopo is so upset, um, he, he tries to stab Michel, and, uh, runs at, he runs at him with a knife, and he, I think he does stab him through his hand or something? His other hand? <laughs> and, uh, but they fall, they're like, he's like, and then he, they like fall down, and he's like rearing back about to stab Michel, um, but the, the necklace falls out of Michel's pocket, and they both stop and look at the necklace, and uh, the necklace begins to emit a cloud of darkness, and everyone can see it. Mel, Yukimasa, they can all see it. And you have a choice. You can reach into the darkness, or push the Lord aside, so, like, focus on fighting him off. Um, I guess the correct answer is to reach into the darkness. I didn't, I didn't do the other one. Uh, I did. Uh, I did the other one. Yeah. What happens if you don't reach into the darkness? They immediately cut his head off. Oh well. Well, not they. It's it's pretty quick. Yukimasa does does kill Jacobo pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, they, 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 yeah. They cut off Jacobo's head. Well, Yukimasa does. He's like, "What? He was attacking you. We can take his key." And it's like, "No, we talked about this. No killing." <laughs> And, he, and then Michelle's like, "Well, I guess I don't have the story. Like, good enough. Let's go. Let's go free Morgana." But um, you know what ends up kind of happening is, you know, without. So basically, Morgana's like, "I'm going to curse the three of you," and then it's like, "Well, without." Um, she thinks Michelle is actually the Lord. Yeah, exactly. So she's like, "I'm going to curse you in eternity," and you know he's. You know, he's like, no, that hold on, you you got the wrong guy here. Let's not be hasty, but um, he gets plunged into like eternal darkness. Yeah, the oh, ending wow. is called darkness everlasting. Well, yeah, that's right, go. darkness everlasting. So if if you reach into the darkness, then uh, it's it, this is a door. We're going through a door. We're going through Jacopo's door. Um, we go into the door and. This is also a hint that we're still in the mansion, because because there's doors. I mean, it's not literally a door like the other ones were, but yeah, it is the concept of door, which we have also gone through many concept of doors at this point. True, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Jacobo's now the narrator. Uh, when this happened, I was nervous. <laughs> I because I didn't want to listen to Jacobo that much. <laughs> Wow, but it was fine. It's like three pages of text. I mean, and it's and it's just the full screen of text. Yeah, it's all. It's yeah, just, it's like reading a short story. Hmm. So we start with a scene of um, Morgana praying for the dead at a cemetery. Jacopo has come to visit her, and uh, she's living at the brothel at this time, and he comes to visit her to apply lotion to her face. He obviously has a crush on her. Yep. Yeah, that's... Mysteries abound. Yeah, which I, I didn't get at this point, but later they pointed out that he's 20 and she's 12. I did not get the it's age weird. difference at all. I imagined this quote-unquote slave boy to be like oh. 16, yeah. and he's not. He's 22. Yeah, I... And he keeps referring to himself as boy. And Maria does not. Maria does not help in this situation at all. 
No, they're encouraging it. Yeah, I think her exact words were, I was uh, waist deep in dick at that age. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That was the exact that was, quote. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, also... Well, he insists later that he's not the pedophile. It's not... It, it's just her. It's not the other kids. You know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's really... I mean, one, one kid is bad enough. You don't really need the other ones. Everybody <laughs> in this fucking story has to have some taboo bullshit that they're trying to do. And I guess, you know, we have to also have pedophilia in terms of, like... But I, I don't know. He's also going to wait until she's 16. We don't have to. Yeah, he's like, he's like, oh, I'll wait four years. No, I'm, not, I'm not really a pedophile. I'll wait four years. So uh. he's not a pedophile in that like he's like sexually attracted to children. He's just in love with Morgana. I can see the potential in her, I guess. <laughs> he's in love with Morgana the way that Jacob from Twilight is in love with Esme, the Renesme, the vampire baby. But he waits until she hyper-ages to 16 before he chooses to court her. That's a thing? Oh, yeah, yeah it is. Mm-hmm. It's know. my favorite part. Wow. <sighs> um, anyway, <sighs> uh, it's it's the day of Morgana's birthday, and we know that that's the day of the bandit raid. Uh, Jacobo, so, so he's like, come to your birthday party. Like, you know, it'll be, please, please. You know, she's like, ah, I don't care. And being her usual unpleasant self. And, uh, and he's like, no, like, it'll be good. I'll be there. So you should be there. And she's like, whatever. Okay. <laughs> it's actually a little flirty. Like, they're just be It's kind of like banter at this point. You know, they're going back and forth. Yeah. But she's still, like, he's he's trying a lot harder than she is. Yeah. And uh, Jacobo talks about himself a little bit, about his background. He was poor, but he wasn't a slave. He was a citizen. Uh, the reason that he was there during the slave revolt was that he helped incite the revolt. And he says that... Um, after the after he helps after that um a woman reached out to him and they kind of looked similar and she claimed to be his mother and she says that she had a child with the lord of the barnier estate and she has a a gold ring to prove that that that's the case i guess and um and he's like, okay, lady, I'll think about it. If you mother, if that's what you call yourself. <laughs> and uh, so that's that's on the table. But he did not. He he said he needs time to think about it. He's not just gonna like all like agree with this woman's scheme to become like to, like try to assert his place as the rightful lord due to this power vacuum after the lord had been killed. He's very apprehensive about it because I think if he sees the values of being becoming a lord, even if it's not true, but he's also kind of afraid of it. I guess for the right reasons because he didn't really help him. And he's also just a pretty street smart guy. Like he he picks up on the fact that this seems like a scam. He's like, I'm a scammer. I know you're somebody's pulling one on me. Yeah, and and he talks a lot later on about like being heroic and stuff like that, and how like. If this, if this, if her story was real, then it would be like heroic. But because the story's fake, it's just another. He's just another scam artist. Yeah. No, regardless of his intentions in his heart, like it's a scam story. And um, but yeah, they talk. Then they they talk. They go to the party. Um, Jacques Bo says that he's twenty two, and and that it, it apparently in the year like nine ninety or whatever, it was still weird for someone who was twenty two to want to marry a twelve year old. Um. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, this is just this is. There's no consistency here. 
In the same way that like the tone and the language changes a lot in this game, you know, like suddenly he's yelling "cur" all the time, and then everybody else is talking with like modern vernacular. Is sort of right. the same thing with like. There's not really historical accuracy. I don't think it would have been a big deal for 22 and 12 in whatever time period this is. Even if, even in, in a city like, the, like this, are you sure 12 isn't a little too young for actual marriage? I, I, th- I think it's probably... No, it was... I think as soon as you reached... Like, like yeah, puberty, puberty, right? Yeah. 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 As soon as you could bear children, you're... It's like, boom. Yeah, and you were frequently married before that. Like, children yeah, were frequently married in this time period. Yeah. They just waited because you couldn't bear children. Literally, it was it was just a logistics thing. Anyway, I, it's I, they put a thing in there about it, and like Maria like teases him and and stuff, and I yeah, it just feels like not something that would really happen at that time. Um, but Maria pressures Jacopo to she tries to get him to confess his feelings to Morgana at the party when they're all like sitting around chatting, and um. The, also, all of the prostitutes who work at the brothel, they, they, like, talk about their clients and stuff, and, like, Morgana just, like, kind of, like, sits in the corner and is uncomfortable. <laughs> and Giacomo's like, hey, guys, can we stop talking about dicks for, like, a minute? <laughs> and uh, Maria tries to get him to, to, she's like, oh, Morgana, do you, do you like anybody? Is there anybody that you like? And Morgana's like, yes, God. <laughs> 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 You know, like the really ripped Jesus, you know, that that Jesus. <laughs> like, I feel like that, like, loops back around to being, like, the Tumblr meme where we tell people to go to church. You know, like, it's like that. Like, <laughs> and, uh, but basically, Jacques Beau, it, he, like, in telling the story, he underscores, like, he wanted so badly to make Morgana's life into something good. He wanted to rescue her from the horrible place where she was and take her to see the world and make it, you know, make up for all the horrible things that she had to endure in her life. And uh, when the bandits attack, he is unable to fight them off. He gets stabbed and, uh, you know, barely survives. He seems like he got stabbed in the stomach. Probably left for dead. Yeah, and he f- he feels completely powerless, which I think is a really interesting um, parallel to Michelle and Michelle's uh, struggles with feeling powerless. It's like the same kind of language and the whole thing of like, I thought I was real strong, but I'm not actually. So after he, hmm. after that event, uh, the bandits attacking and they, you know, they took a bunch of people, uh, Morgana, they took Morgana, you know, they killed a bunch of people. Uh, Maria's, Maria made it okay and like a couple other people but he like sees them they're just crying and they don't know what to do and after that feeling of powerlessness Jacopo decides to take the mysterious woman up on her offer and uh, when he does he's like you're not you know you're not really my mother this is your plan um, and he like lays out exactly what her plan is and she's like you're right <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to do this or not and he's like yeah let's do it He's like, yeah, now that everything's uh, on the table, I'm game. Yeah. And, of course, uh, so he, he doesn't, but he says to all his friends, like, he goes along with her her story to all of his friends. And he says, like, no, I am, I am uh, the descendant of Barnier. And uh, Maria is the only one who doesn't believe him. And uh, so then they are not friends anymore. And, uh... Jacopo thinks that if he really was a hero, like if this was the real story, then he would be happy. But 
it's, what does he say? This is really just about one woman's desire for revenge and one man's desire for power. Um, so he takes his place as the lord, and the other nobility also, like, doesn't buy it. And so they try to send assassins after him and stuff, like neighboring lords and stuff. And so, you know, he can't trust anybody. The other nobility are trying to kill him. Um, and so in terms of what's going on in the city, then he basically all around struggles to meet unrealistic expectations from the people and also from himself of how much he wanted, he wanted to help everybody. And he, the reason why like everybody was like, oh, he's making it easy for, for if you're a merchant, but not for everyone. Um, but he was like, well, I didn't have, I didn't, I didn't have any money when I started, like, the old lord spent all this money on blood feasts, so I don't have any money, so I gotta raise more, I gotta get more taxes, so I'm gonna encourage more merchants to come here, and then they're gonna, you know, we're gonna have more money, and then we'll be able to help people in the slums uh, once we have more money. And I guess, it's funny, because I didn't think about it, but it's, it's only been four years. <laughs> yeah. And people are so pissed, right? Like, and it's only been four years. Like, uh... <laughs> Yeah, but of course people are pissed. That's what happens in real life, too. Yeah. <laughs> and he's really good at being a dictator or robber baron. It's like the only thing he's actually good at is, like, you know, becoming this sort of, you know, like, this autocratic, you know, leader of people. He's good at consolidating <laughs> power, but it's not like that. Like, he doesn't have any other skill set. He also goes go straight into his, like, doing good, like, massive sacrifices. Which is exactly what, what he said in the third chapter, too. Yeah, and he ends up, like, he ends up having the people closest to him killed because they're the ones who keep, like, tearing him down and being like, you shouldn't be doing this. And mm. then but then he has all those people killed, and then he has no one left to fight for because he had them all killed. <laughs> <laughs> so he just fucks, right, everything up. Like, not very, not very, you know, much time has passed, and he already fucked it all up. It also explains why when he when he talks to Michelle and he's like, you know, you convinced him of this in two days? He's like, it took me four years, I still haven't convinced people of anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so then we find out that Jacopo made the plan to capture Morgana without knowing that it was her. That, like, I guess, like, magical healing blood was, like, a very common thing or something, because he's not like, oh, the, you know, the magical healing blood witch must not be the same magical, like, girl that I know from who was captured and used for her blood. I don't think it didn't really, it, it didn't even know about that, though. Yeah, I don't think he knew about the blood. Well, I was gonna say, isn't there, like, some bullshit thing that, like, rich people do where they, like, get blood transfusions for young people, like, because yes. it's... Yeah. yeah. So, you know, maybe even back then, too, it's like, healing blood, I gotta get in on that, you know. Yeah, but I think even at this phase, Jacko just heard about this healing witch and not necessarily that it was that it was a blood thing. Mm. Hmm. No, I think he knew about the blood thing, but I, I don't think he knew that Morgana was, had the same powers when she was at the previous Lord's mention. Oh, maybe he didn't know that. He just knew that she was being tied up and cut, but he didn't know... Yeah. Maybe that it was for healing blood because he wasn't, uh, he wasn't really a slave there. He just showed up to incite yeah. the riot, mm. and maybe she didn't tell him. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was also very common <laughs> back then. 
It could be, you know, it could just be like, oh, we, like a new franchise open. Like, oh, we got a healing witch blood over by the lake. Oh, okay, great. Good. We, <laughs> we used to have to go like 40 miles for that, but goodness, she's local now. Yeah, just like, just like <laughs> claiming that your unwanted pregnancy was like a miracle pregnancy from God. You know, some things never go out of style. Healing blood. Hmm. <laughs> so. Uh, what's interesting is that the fact that there is a, a, a witch with, with like magical healing blood got leaked somehow. Even though it was just Mel and Nelly. But... Yeah. I mean, she kept to herself for four years, and then Mel got her to use her blood, and then so somehow everyone knows. It's true. <laughs> Fucking Mel. <laughs> yeah. Big mouth strikes Fucking again. Mel. That piece of fucking shit. So, um... Then... So Jacobo just is like, go get her, and then, you know, Yukimasa brings her back in a bag, covered in blood... And I'm missing an arm, and he's like, you know what, man? Things things go wrong. You know, things happen. You didn't give any instructions about. You didn't say all the limbs, okay? So like stuff, what stuff happens? I had to think on the fly. I did some, you know, did some, you know, improvisation, and this is this is what you get. I actually prefer to think of it like Jack was like, "What did you do?" And you was like, "What? Yeah, you got her arm." I was like, "And got most She's of it. She's here." She bleeds, obviously. You know. Yeah, I had to make sure she bleed first. You're welcome for the quality control. <laughs> Some people. <laughs> I just I just put it in a spigot, bud. I just made it easier for you to access the blood. Yeah. God. So then, of course, Morgana comes out of the bag, and he's like, "It's Morgana," and she's like, "Is that you?" Um, but of course, she's no. Had, she's lost a lot of blood, so she doesn't really see him as as him. She remembers him as the pre- previous lord. She perceives him as the previous lord. And um, Jacopo doesn't correct her because he needs to protect his backstory in front of Yukimasa. So she says, like, you cut me and I'll never forgive you. I'll hate you forever. And she starts yelling stuff. And um, and he just, like, allows her to believe that that's who he is. And... Um, he says, would anyone ever believe me if I said this isn't how I wanted it to turn out? <laughs> and he's just continued with this charade since then. It also makes no sense at all. Like, at this point, like, Yukimasa is not really a threat to him. Like, is this the only scheme he has going right now? Is just he's, he's so paranoid, he can't admit, I guess, to Yukimasa that his name is Jacopo or that he knows Morgana for some reason. Yeah, I guess. Like, it's just, so, and he doesn't have any allies anymore. And he doesn't know that Yukimasa wouldn't care, yeah, like, exactly. you know, because he's so paranoid. Yeah. And the only reason he comes up with the three keys thing and and uh, giving Yukimasa and, and Mel a key. It's just because there will always there will always be other people with him when with he's with her, because he didn't trust himself to not just let her go. If he was alone with her, so much. Why? Why would you do this? And then so so the the blackness clears like the black smoke and um, and Michelle thinks like oh like did I just do to him what Morgana did to me? Like is this what it looks like to make someone go through a door? <laughs> when you're yeah. in control. And uh, Yukimasa and Mel did not see the door. They did not see the story. Um, they just saw like the blackness envelop Jacobo and Michelle for like a second and then dissipate. And and uh, But they can tell that some transference has happened between them because their attitude toward each other changes. And Jacopo's like, 
I had intended to set her free uh, after the Harvest Festival. I was just going to wait. I was just, just needed a, a special occasion. And, uh, and Michelle's like, you did the same shit with the railroad and it didn't work <laughs> out. You can't wait for an occasion. You have to just fucking do it. And Jacobo's like, you're right. <laughs> I'll start my diet today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And um, and Michelle gives Jacopo the necklace to give to Morgana. And they all head to the tower. They climb the stairs. As they climb the stairs, Michelle thinks to Giselle, like, I did it. And uh, they approach the door. And they hear a voice beyond the door. And they're like, is someone in there? And there's a, a voice saying, like, Morgana, stay with me. Stay with me. And, um... As they open the door, they see that Morgana is talking to herself, and she has two voices. There's Morgana's normal voice that we've experienced, uh, which is her persuasive, sort of asshole voice. And then, the white-haired girl's voice, who um, speaks in all lowercase letters, and, uh, and is like the white-haired girl. She's very uncertain, she doesn't know what to do. And, uh, and Morgana is telling the white-haired girl, like, not to give up. And, um, not to, and, and, and then, uh, Michelle runs over to her, they unchain her, and we get a, a CG of Michelle holding Morgana, and his hair is so long. <laughs> um, and Morgana looks up at Michelle and thinks that he's an angel, and she says, have you come to rescue me? Have you come you know, from my father, and he says, yes, I, you know, uh, yes, I am. And, and <laughs> like, I imagine, like, Yukimasa in the back is like, he said he wasn't angel. <laughs> um, this is why I'm such a jerk to people. They don't, they just lie constantly. Yeah. And, um, she's like, I want, please deliver me back to my father. And he says, and she's like, is my father proud of me? And he says, yes, your father's proud of you. Very proud of you. And, uh, and she dies. Yeah. And clearly she's having... This is just a psychotic break that she's having. Like, she is just... Her, you know, ability to perceive things is just broken. And now she thinks it's an angel here. She's supposed to hallucinate... She's supposed to sort of split into multiple personalities and hallucinating that he, this is just an angel. And then that's it. There's just there's nothing, nothing left after this for her. And, um... And then the others are like, what, what do we do? Like, we were too late. Um, and Michelle's like, no, when you die, your soul still is nearby. So you all have to confess to her right now. She's here. Her soul is still here right now. And they're like, um, hold on real quick. I'm not sure if we have souls. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's fucking Jacopo. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. He was like, <laughs> Michelle's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, listen, I know you, you just made me experience my path in this weird black smoke, but, you know, I can't, this whole thing is too far, bud. <laughs> uh, so, Michelle makes them all confess to her and and apologize. And they all apologize, like children who have been brought to the front of the class. <laughs> yeah, you can just see them looking at their feet and kind of, like, you know, shuffling and, put, you know, like, kicking the ground and being like, oh, I'm real sorry I made your arm come off, and, um... <laughs> Yuki Masa does not know how to apologize. He's like, I'm sorry, I have nothing else, I don't know how what else I'm supposed to say. I mean... 
But he, they all say, like, I was wrong to do this. Like, this was bad that I did it. It's not, you know, it's not like they just say I'm sorry. Right. They do get into the details, or at least the other two get into the details a lot more. A lot of it, a lot of it is also just like, uh, I'm, I'm not sorry about doing this, but I didn't want you to get hurt, despite directly hurting you. <laughs> so we good now, soul? <laughs> yeah, after they do that, uh, Jacques Beau helps Michelle carry Morgana's body outside, and they... Before they're going to step over the threshold, because they're like, as soon as we step out there with her body, everyone's going to kill us. And so they, before they go out there, they all say goodbye to Michelle, and Michelle gives all of them advice. And uh, Michelle says, Mel, in your next life, don't, don't look away. And Mel's like, I'll burn it into my soul. <laughs> and Yukimasa's lesson is to show restraint. And Jacopo's lesson is to be more open with yourself. Yeah, it's the Wizard of Oz ending. Yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it kind of is. Wait a minute. Right? It really is. <laughs> wow, holy shit. Tin Man ain't got no heart. Yeah, you know, the Scarecrow ain't got no brains. Yeah. No. Lion's gotta stop killing people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Okay. It just—it just is the Wizard of Oz ending. Yeah, it's great. So they open the door and they pass through the threshold. And as they pass through the door, Michelle ends up in a different place. He ends up in the actual historically what happened ending, which is that everyone's dead. And he's like, "Oh no, it didn't work." Somehow this didn't cure everyone's disease. <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, oh, this is the realm of the dead. We He didn't actually change history. Like, that's why he could open the door. This was just a reconstruction. They're still in the realm of the dead. They're not. They never traveled to the past. They didn't actually go back in time. Yeah. Time does not go back, as they say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so in response, Michelle yells at Morgana at the sky. Like, well, there you go. Now you know the truth. And, um, because he has control over the mansion, I guess, now, he teleports himself back into the mansion at the present time. And mm -hmm. when he arrives, or, like, during the process of getting there, he is uh, suddenly in front of the white-haired girl. Gasp. And she's holding a sword. And who looks different than we've seen her before. Yeah, and, uh... That's where we're going to cut it, because it's been an hour. <laughs> mm. Mm. And we'll continue the rest of the game next time. We're going to finish it up and give our final thoughts. What do mm -hmm. we think about the, the three lads and their excuses? Uh, hmm. I mean, Yukimasa at least can't help it. Kind of. Yeah, I don't feel like any of them deserve to be cursed for all eternity for the level of asshole that they were. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of this was just to, like, not not excuse them, but to humanize them and make them out to be more than just complete evil assholes. Just to understand that they're, they have some redeemable qualities, even if that doesn't overwhelm the negatives. Yeah. Their actions are still bad, but they are mm -hmm. just people. They're, you know, they are people who act on... 
you know, desires or, you know, this instinct or, or trying to, so in some cases, trying to protect other people. Like, you know, they do the wrong things horrifically and make keep making bad choices, but they're still just people at heart, meaning they're just flawed beings trying to exist. So, like, this eternal punishment isn't quite, you know, deserved for someone who, you know, isn't really, you know, just just this pure benevolent, you know, like just, just, just nothing else around them, you know, but just evil. Yeah, I think the point of the game is that people aren't people in the real world aren't usually evil just for evil sake, just because they're evil. Um, mm-hmm. That's something you see in stories, but in the real world, even if something looks totally evil to you, there's usually reasons behind it. There's usually the things they still may do bad things, uh, like, but you know they have the, they have reasons. They have the same circumstances, um, and it's not like. The bad things aren't bad because of that. They definitely are. This isn't about redeeming any of them. It doesn't free them from consequences. Yeah. yeah. No. Right. And I think they accept that at the end, too. They all yeah. accept the consequences that are coming for them. But they don't deserve what... M- M- Morgana thinks they're pure evil. And that's why she, she gave them, like, eternal punishment. And they don't deserve mm. that, probably. Probably. <laughs> no, probably not. Well... Yeah, I mean, an infinite punishment for a, a finite crime is sort of, in and of itself, uh, illogical. And there's degrees to this. I mean, Mel, Mel is mostly mostly innocent. I mean, it, it, it had some bad decisions, but... Oh, yeah. yeah. Really, the circumstances were, were, were such that like he had no choice in most cases. Uh, yeah, Mel has no power. He's, he can't yield it all that well. He makes poor choices to risk other people and put them in harm's way, but he doesn't actually have any power to change. Yeah, you, 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 you must have something innate in, in him. I mean, he's a psychopath. Right. So is, is that, like, something that you'd be punished for just because he was born that way? Uh, that's the question that the game poses, I guess. Right. And Jacopo is the most complex one because, like, he had good intentions, but that led him to do really bad things, and he did have... A way to change to change it, to do something yes. else, and he didn't. He's also the weakest character, which is weird when you're talking about Mel involved too. But but Jacopo just can't face his own mistakes, mm-hmm. so it leaves him extremely weak. Yeah, is he the most at fault technically? Yeah, yeah, I kind of say Absolutely. so. Yeah, yeah. If, if we're for ranking them, yeah. He possesses the ability to change and just doesn't do it because of fear. He could have stopped it. I mean, the moment he saw Morgana out of the bag, he could have, he could have stopped it. Yeah, and the other ones don't deal with pride the same way. Like, Mel is selfish, but it's not like... like Jacobo is like too too proud to have a conversation with himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's more running from himself than anybody else is. I mean, Yukimasa knows what he is. He's, yeah. he's not running from anything. Yeah, Yukimasa's ahead of, of him in that way. And he knows what he is. And and also it's interesting because it's like... I don't know. He had, like... He has the most... Like, he came from being, like, the 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 boy that, you know, rescued Morgana. So he also had the biggest the biggest fall... You know, the others, they were already kind of like that. They're just kind of being themselves. Yep. Anyway, fuck him, honestly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's also hard to get past a 22, 12-year-old thing. <laughs> I still hate him. I know, like, yeah, Morgana's like, all right, maybe not eternal, but, you know. 
hundred years. They got a lot of talking to do. Like if they want to do like a Michelle and Giselle, like talk it out so that we can get married later type situation. Like there's a lot more talking that they need to do. <laughs> it's like the concept of purgatory versus hell. Like, oh, y'all need to pay for your crimes for quite a while, but eternal damnation probably isn't in the cards. Right. But it does explain why the white hair girl appears as, as Jacopo's wife in that chapter versus just someone who appears, I think, yeah. the connection between Morgana and Jacopo. Yeah, I, I I think the parallels between the original stories and the quote-unquote modern story is uh, very strong. And I mean, especially because they keep making the same, same mistakes, too. Yeah, and the, the white-haired girl's relationship with all three of them in their own particular stories earlier is kind of her relationship with those people. Yeah. So next time, we're going to learn about the white-haired girl, finally. And tie all the other lessons. Yep. Are we gonna find out about about uh, George and the painting? Yeah, we, we will. I mean, if we read to the end, wow. we will. Wow. Mm. Okay. There we go. I thought that was gonna be like a like a DLC side story or something, but I guess that would be silly because it's such an obvious thing that's there. Hmm. Now there are only two things that I think are lose sense in this game that I can think of, and I know they are dealt with somewhere else. It really makes me want to play the additional content for this game we might we might do that i don't know so, so one, one of them i might I, I might as well tell you now because i i, I finished the game and I, I looked up all sorts of things about it um so do you remember that line that we talked about uh in michelle's chapter um no in in, in giselle's chapter uh where michelle said that there was someone else coming to the mansion at some point oh yeah with a strange disease so I think uh, people who are listening to this might know that this is handled in the in the sequel. This is also a story that's told in the sequel. But it actually wait. There's a sequel. The other game, the the side yeah. game. Oh. Oh. oh okay. Yeah, got it. Not, okay. not yeah. direct continuation of story, but side. Yeah. So this yeah. is a story they tell in that game, but it actually comes from a preview book they they sold like a year before the game came out. So mm-hmm. the company sold uh, a preview book that had a short story, like a textual story, that was this story about, about this, this guy um, with strange disease visiting dimension. And that's why the line is in, in this game. And then they remade it for the... They actually made like a short section about it in the, in the sequel game. Oh. Mm-hmm. But this was like the first material that was released about, about any of these characters. That short oh. story about this guy visiting dimension. Oh. Um, yeah, I bought that, like, digital edition of that book, and I'm going to read it. Cool. Yeah, So awesome. maybe we'll, maybe we'll read that as part of the podcast, or maybe we, we'll read it ourselves. We'll, we'll find out next time. <laughs> so next one more time. to go. Read, if you're reading along, just get to the end, and then we're going to recap. Yeah, and then next time we'll talk about all of our thoughts on this game, which is going to be a lot, I'm sure. Yeah. Nah. There's a lot of loose ends to tie up before the end. No. Also, there's just a lot of like this. This is like this is it touches a lot of different genres and themes and and other media. And I think this thing just kind of branches out into a lot of different stuff. So I think we can tie this all back together and sort of you know all those thoughts can, can hmm. be saved for next week. Until then, see you next time, folks. No one deserves punishment for anything. Good night. Oh Good night. <laughs> Fata Morgana. Fada Morgana. Fada Morgana.